0: It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Eat me now. I'm starving. On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. This is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast, presented, of course, by DraftKings, the place to play your DFS football, the only show that's so nice. We do it twice. We don't do that with Even Money, the betting podcast. Don't do that with College Draft, the college football betting podcast. Don't do that with Business and Sports. Ross Tucker football podcast is daily. But the Fantasy Feast is so big, we need to break it up into two separate episodes. Episode one is the Thursday Nighter and all the Sunday 1 o'clock games. Episode two The late games on Sunday, the Sunday nighter and the Monday nighter. I'm Ross Tucker. You already know that, I think, at Ross Tucker NFL, former NFL offensive lineman. Of course, if you don't believe me, you can check out the helmets and the game balls at youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL and actually watch the show. Although I guess theoretically I could have purchased said items. The star of this show, who has so many nuggets of information I think he actually steals from one of his coworkers workers at FantasyPoints.com. It's fine. I don't care. First time I'm hearing it is Joe Dolan. Love the information. I jot it down. Follow him on social media at FG underscore Dolan. The code is 22feast. He's absolutely a stud. FantasyPoints.com has the most information of any fantasy website out there. They also... Have a crazy discount right now. Get it in 22 fees. Get the code to stack up on the discount. Joe, it's a weird week. No Bills, no Eagles. Oh, it's a horrible horrible week for games, actually.
1: Yeah. um, So the four teams off this week are the Bills, the Eagles, the Rams, and the Vikings. So you've got like the two best wide receivers in fantasy off this week. You've got the two best quarterbacks in fantasy off this week. You know, Miles Sanders is off. Dalvin Cook is off. It is a brutal week. So there's going to be some lower end guys who are finding their ways into lineups this week. That is a guarantee. This is this is one of the worst bye weeks I can imagine. Um I and I mean we knew it was coming because when I was drafting best ball teams. All the way back, you know, in the spring and 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 summer, the, those week sevens, you're like, Ooh. but you know, sometimes Ross, if you got like my wife, her fantasy team, she's complaining because she's got all these week seven buys, and I said, well, c- consider it this way: your four, her team's four and two. I said, there's nothing wrong with four and three, and then your team's at full strength the rest of the way. So there's always there's always a glass half full kind of approach to uh, to buy weeks as well.
0: Thursday night. It's two of the most disappointing teams in the league. Yeah, Maybe two of the most disappointing offenses in the league. It's the Saints at the Cardinals, Joe. This is, a, this is not a glass-half-full game. This is garbage.
1: Now, the story of this game, though, is is injuries. We know about the Saints. We'll get there. But Arizona, Justin Pugh, he's down. Uh, I think he's out for the season with, uh, with a leg injury, a knee injury. Marquise Brown, it looks like he's going to miss at least a month. Uh, with a foot injury, which is a shame because he was the overall wide receiver six. But DeAndre Hopkins is back. Uh, Arizona traded for Robbie Anderson. I'm not exactly sure how much that's going to help. But here are Kyler Murray's. Our guy Graham Barfield pulled these splits uh, on Kyler Murray. Ross, they are staggering. Since the start of 2020, Kyler Murray completes 65% of his passes for 5.8 yards per attempt and 2.9% touchdown rate in games without DeAndre Hopkins. In games with DeAndre Hopkins, those numbers go up to 68.6% completions, 7.6 yards per attempt, and a 5.1% touchdown rate. Uh, statistically, Kyler Murray is a different quarterback whenever DeAndre Hopkins plays, and that needs to be the case because Kyler Murray stinks right now. This offense stinks. I've been complaining about this offense. I don't think it takes advantage of Kyler's skill set. I don't think Kyler's playing well. Um, but DeAndre Hopkins is instantly in, in, in uh, on the wide receiver uh, two radar. Obviously, Marshawn Lattimore has been banged up. Paulson Adibo has been banged up um, in and out of the lineup for the, for the Saints. So they have some injuries on the back end. Uh, James Conner, it does not look like he's going to play. So Eno Benjamin, though he was disappointing last week, is on the RB2 radar. As for Robbie Anderson... I think he's worth a speculative ad. If you have somebody who's been really disappointing on your fantasy team or somebody you've been stashing who really isn't working out for you, you can pick up and stash Robbie Anderson. But I still have no faith in this offense, and I'm not sure that DeAndre Hopkins is going to be a panacea for it.
0: What about the Saints?
1: Oh, by the way, let me uh, let me uh, point out that is a two-point favorite, and the total is 44.5. And here's the deal with the Saints, Okay. They have some good news. Chris Olave is not on the injury report. That suggests that Chris Olave will pass concussion protocol or has passed concussion protocol and will play. That's the good news. The bad news is it doesn't look like Michael Thomas is going to play. Talking uh, Mike Triplett of New Orleans Stop Football, getting the quotes out of Dennis Allen. It doesn't sound like he's been particularly close to playing. Um, and dennis allen was kind of dancing around why they hadn't put him on didn't put him on ir they thought he would be back before this point he hasn't been back jarvis landry doesn't look like he's going to play meanwhile Jameis winston has returned to practice but i don't know if they want Jameis winston to play with this riffraff receiving group um that's all well and good but andy dalton's also on the injury report with a back injury so it's really really concerning here and here's the big concern for Olave from a fantasy perspective I don't think anybody points to the Cardinals as having one of like the best secondaries in the NFL. But one thing they have done, and um, Vance Joseph has done, there slowing down number one targets. They've held each of Cooper Cup, AJ Brown, Devontae Adams, and DK Metcalf to four or fewer catches. So Chris Olave, with Andy Dalton at quarterback, kind of a volatile wide receiver three in my mind. Uh, there is not a uh, there are very few teams that I'd. Uh, that I think are in worse shape than the saints for the future. The saints are two and four. They have all these injuries. They don't go on by until week 14. They have the worst cap situation in the NFL and they don't have a first round pick next year.
0: Might be time for some people in new Orleans to drink a bunch of Labatt blue lights because they're delicious. Football season is Labatt blue Light season, by the way, They drink Labatt Blue Light a lot in Buffalo, and they might be the best team in the NFL. There's no better way to watch your team on game day than with the pristine Canadian goodness of a cold Labatt Blue Light in hand. Stock up and be the MVP of your tailgate and share a Labatt on game day with your crew. Always enjoy responsibly. Huge fan of Labatt Blue Light. not a huge fan of what we're seeing from the Cleveland Browns these days especially on defense joe might be a nice day for some ravens skill guys
1: yeah um now let's start with let's start with the ravens um uh first and foremost morgan moses he's got a heel injury he didn't return to that game so that's that's an injury to watch for baltimore um the baltimore ravens say jk dobbin's knee tightened up uh, in that game then kenyon drake went nuts okay J.K. Dobbins' snaps were all the way down to 27%. They, they've gone from 50 to 40 to 27%. He hasn't been targeted in back-to-back games. J.K. Dobbins is a fantasy zero right now. And it's just an example of how devastating that knee injury is. Um, and unfortunately, you know, it's very similar to the one that uh, Javante Williams suffered uh, for Denver. And I think that's probably a notable thing for people stashing Javante Williams as, like, a potential keeper. Um, just look at what's happening to J.K. Dobbins. I'm not sure. if, if, if I, I would venture to guess that the game that we saw from Kenyon Drake, by the way, was fool's gold. You can pick him up and stash him, but, man, I fell for that trap already. I put way too much. I put like 10 bucks fab on him in one of my leagues after week one and then dropped him like two weeks later. It was just a completely bad bid. Gus Edwards is potentially returning soon. Justice Hill is potentially returning soon. So I don't trust this Raven run game right now and of course though Ravens are six and a half point favorites in this game so you're like well they're going to run it it's just a matter of are you going to guess the right guy if I had to pick one it would be Kenyon Drake right now but I don't trust it let's see about the availability of Rashad Bateman Deshaun Jackson Ross is a Baltimore Raven they need receivers he's not a fantasy option but he at least gives them somebody for the 10 snaps a game he can play who can stretch the field right now the guys I trust here are duh Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews I mean the Baltimore for for uh, they are really just scraping for anything, uh, consistency wise. Otherwise, I would hope, 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 hope that Rashad Bateman can get back in the fold this week, and they need him because they have nothing at wide receiver.
0: What about Cleveland on offense? Uh,
1: well, they lost Wyatt Teller to a calf injury. Ross, you know all about Wyatt Teller; he's p- perhaps the most underrated guard in all of football, um, which is going to hurt their run game. And Cleveland, to me, Cleveland is a. Uh, they're underdogs, by the way, which is not a great sign for, for Nick Chubb, um, but you have to play Nick Chubb. Um, if they're an underdog, Kareem Hunt is more viable this week. David Njoku has been, like, one of the single most useful tight ends in all of fantasy. Um, so he's a weekly starter right now. Uh, but by the way, um, uh, Amari Cooper, David Njoku, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, I think all four of those guys are viable this week against Baltimore. um uh, and Hunt, more viable than than in recent weeks because the Browns are such heavy underdogs in this round. But Njoku, by the way, has run a route on 81% of the Browns' passing plays. That's fourth highest among tight ends, and it's behind three guys who you would expect, Andrews, Ertz, and Kelsey. So, David Njoku has an elite fantasy role right now.
0: Joe, the Bucks were extremely disappointing Last week against the Steelers from a fantasy standpoint, they play Carolina Sunday,
1: oh, Carolina. Well, the only thing Carolina can do is play defense. Um, I was wrong about the Buccaneers a couple of weeks ago. I was wrong about the Buccaneers last week. I thought they were going to wallop the Atlanta Falcons two weeks ago and they let them back into the game. And then Pittsburgh, man, Tom Brady, he's going to Bob Kraft's wedding. You know, he's yelling at his offensive line. I still think the Buccaneers are going to figure something out. Um, Chris Godwin, by the way, season highs in targets, yards, and routes last week. He is now a weekly starter. Mike Evans was horrifically disappointing in that game against Pittsburgh. I lost a prop bet on him. But he is still a weekly starter going forward. And obviously, um, you you have to play Leonard Fournette. Rashad White is mixing in here and there. um, But he's still more of a handcuff at this point. For the Buccaneers, I I think Carolina is such a freaking mess that I think Tampa Bay, I mean, I don't know if i feel good about laying 10 and a half with the Buccaneers right now, but I'm sure as heck not taking the 10 and a half with the Carolina Panthers the way they've been playing. So um, for the Buccaneers, yeah, you've got a bunch of guys who are weekly starters. Brady is a fringe quarterback one, but again, I just mentioned Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts. Kirk, even Kirk Cousins on by this week, maybe three guys you trust more than Brady. You might not have a choice but to play Brady this week.
0: Carolina, Ross, McCaffrey. I know.
1: You, I know you have some meetings today. Um, let Let's sum it up with Carolina, Christian McCaffrey, play him. Everybody else bench him. I mean, that this is a disaster right now. And I, PJ Walker, averaged under one a dot as their starting quarterback last week. I. I I know there have been some bad offenses. I think the, the, the worst in recent years was the Josh Rosen Cardinals back in 2018. Um, this offense has the potential to get there if the Panthers trade Christian McCaffrey. And Christian McCaffrey should hope that the Panthers trade
0: him. I think people, I think it's a disaster if you don't get the right amount of vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, adaptogens in your body. Especially when it's so easy to do it. It's athletic green. There's a reason why I've been taking it because I'm not big on pills all the time. And I wanted to get more good stuff in my body, more vegetables in my body. You guys see what I post on social media, the way I eat over the weekends. And it was actually created by a guy that was having a bunch of gut health issues. So why not get better gut health? Less than three bucks a day. There's a crazy amount of five-star reviews. Joe, interesting matchup. One of the my favorite games of the day, actually. Falcons at the Bengals.
1: The Falcons,
0: Ross, are the only
1: undefeated team against the spread in the NFL. They are six and zero. So, uh, the question is, have the markets caught up to the Falcons? Um, They are getting six and a half here from Cincinnati, and uh, I'm seeing six, six and a half out there. And the thing about Cincinnati, though. You look around the league and you're like, man, how many teams do I actually feel are good? Like, okay, there's the Bills, the Eagles, you got the Chiefs. How many other teams do I feel like are actually really good? I think Cincinnati is on the path to writing the ship, and maybe they've righted that ship already. Um, Joe Burrow just played his best game of the season. Um, they Their run game has been struggling, but they unleash Joe Burrow – in that game in week six, and he what he threw for three touchdowns and ran for another. He was excellent in that contest. This game does have a total of 47 and a half. The Bengals, you know the Bengals, though. This is great. T. Higgins, now watch his status. He did say that um, he aggravated the ankle. I think he might have been just been saying, you know, being blustery because he wanted to act about how, uh, how tough he was. And he was. He toughed it out last week. But he played basically a full snap share. The Bengals are easy. You play Joe Burrow, you play T. Higgins, you play Jamar Chase, who had a Jamar Chase game finally. Joe Mixon got an end zone target and scored another receiving touchdown, which is great. Um, Hayden Hurst is a viable uh, streaming tight end here against the Atlanta Falcons in a projected high total game. I love Cincinnati. This is a team. And, oh, and by the way, you can use Tyler Boyd too if you're hurting at wide receiver this week. I think Cincinnati is on the path towards writing the ship here. They're six-and-a-half point favorites against Atlanta. I don't know if they're going to cover that spread, but in a forty-seven and a half total game, there should be plenty of production to go around here from the Bengals.
0: Yeah, that uh, that surprises me. What about what about the uh, the Falcons? Um, Marcus
1: Mariota is killing me because. I picked him up in a couple of leagues and started him the last two weeks prior to week six when he was atrocious. And then in week six, he goes, what, 13 to 14, rushes, a, a scores a rushing touchdown and throws two. He's averaging just 20.8 pass attempts per game over his last five starts. Um, Atlanta runs the ball like uh, um, they run the ball 10 percent more than expectation based on, like, an average team. Only Chicago has run the ball at a higher adjusted rate than that. Um, the problem for Kyle Pitts, yeah, he scored a touchdown, but this is – Marcus Mariota threw the ball 14 times last week. I don't know how sustainable this is. Now, Cincinnati, they're a touchdown favorite. Maybe Atlanta has to throw the ball a little bit more. Um, that can help Pitts and Drake London. But this run game – I. I mean, Tyler Algier is getting all low-calorie touches, and he's not scoring touchdowns, and he's not not catching the ball. I think Caleb Huntley looks, like, better than him. Oh, and by the way, uh, Damian Williams is somebody to check on. He might be coming back soon. Oh, one more thing, Ross. I'm so sorry to jump around here. I have to talk about the fact that Atlanta's starting quarterbacks – A.J. Terrell and Casey Hayward were hurt last week. Terrell has a thigh injury. Um, Hayward's on IR, so he's not going to play. That's obviously a big boon in this game for Cincinnati receivers, Jamar Chase uh, and and, and T. Higgins. Sorry, I neglected to mention that. I'm glad I managed to get it in, though, because that's very big.
0: It's a good point. Really good point. All right, the Lions coming off the bye are at the Cowboys who are getting Dak back. Yeah, we presume Prescott would pl- will play. I don't know, like,
1: reading the quotes, it sounds like it's about 80% likely that we're going to get Dak. Um, you know, hats off to Cooper Rush. They went 4-1 and one with him as a starter, but you saw his limitations. If if you have to play from behind, it's not going to work with Cooper Rush. And, he, and he, he rallied him back a little bit, but uh, Philadelphia had that game in hand pretty early and maybe took their foot off the gas. But Dak Prescott against this Detroit Lion defense, a secondary that has had... A rash of injuries. Um, I'm excited to see Dak Prescott back and what he can do. Now, the question becomes for Dallas, what does the tight end position look like? Dalton Schultz apparently aggravated his PCL injury in the Saturday ramp-up practice before uh, the Sunday night game against the Eagles. He was a surprise inactive. He did not have a game day status. Now, we know Dalton Schultz has kind of been Dak Prescott's safety blanket, his kind of new version of of Tony Romo's Jason Winton but he's hurt. He hasn't caught a pass since week two. He's missed two of the last four games. And Jake Ferguson, the rookie tight end, he scored a nice touchdown against the Eagles, made a defender miss in the open field. That is a situation that I am monitoring. But you know from all across the board, the entire Cowboy offense gets a lift with Dak Prescott back. Um, The total of this game is 48. It's one of the highest on the slate. I thought Zeke Elliott ran the ball pretty well against the Eagles, but Tony Pollard continues to have that... Um, that passing down role. Zeke Elliott has been targeted two or fewer times in all six games this year. That is the longest such streak of his career. The only other time that it even reached four games was the first four games of his NFL career. So Zeke Elliott has been phased out in the passing game. I think Tony Pollard is going to continue to have that role, and in a high-scoring game, could be a viable flex option here.
0: What do you say about the Lions coming off a bye?
1: Well, they needed their buy. And, like, see, the Lions are one of those teams. I know they got their tails whipped by the Patriots, but they're one and four, and it kind of feels like they're better than some of the teams that are three and three because they can score. Now they're also hemorrhaging points. Um, I don't think this is a good spot for Jared Goff. Um, Jared Goff against a good defense, against a good pass rush. I, I, I streamed him against the Patriots, and he got me, like, negative points, okay? I don't think this is a much better spot for Goff. Fortunately, the Lions offense should be healthier. They've had a rash of injuries on the offensive line. They got a week off. DeAndre Swift missed the last two games before the bye. He should be back this week. Amon Ross St. Brown was a limited player in week five. He should be back closer to full strength this week. DJ Chark's been banged up. He should be closer to full strength this week. So I think the Lions are healthier. The one thing to point out, though, uh, Jamison Williams is not ready to practice yet. He is not going to practice this week. I thought he might be back uh, for the bye. After the buy, it looks like he's more of a November kind of guy after tearing his ACL in the national championship game last year.
0: The Giants are playing the Jags, and I, I can't believe that the Giants right now, Joe, are underdogs in this game. I'm, I'm buying the Giants, like literally buying them at Symbol, which lets you trade pro and college teams like stocks and even cash Dividend payouts, you can earn those when your teams win. Pro Football Focus even said Symbol is the perfect blend of sports in the stock market, offering a brand new way to invest in your favorite teams and profit off their success. Listen, every college team, every NFL team, they all have a valuation. If you believe in them, you can buy some of them now. Get them while their valuation's low. You're taking like sports betting and fandom with the profitability of the stock market, Download the Symbol. Here's the key, really. Download the Symbol mobile app for iOS by searching S-I-M-B-U-L-L in the app store. Make sure you use the code FANTASY so you get a free team stock valued up to $150 upon signing up. That's code FANTASY to claim your free stock on the Symbol mobile app. I have no idea why anybody wouldn't do that, but evidently some people don't. Anyway, as we were saying about the Giants, Joe.
1: Well, there's, I mean, the Giants right now, they're, uh, you can stream um, Daniel Jones, by the way, um, but they're really a one-man fantasy show, and that being Saquon Barkley. Now, the guy who I probably mentioned at points on this podcast, um, who I've been telling people to stash for a number of weeks, is Wandale Robinson. Robinson ran a route on only 31% of the Giants passing plays in week six in the win, but Um, I think his role is going to increase. They got him involved near the goal line. They're calling plays for him. I think Wandale Robinson has a chance, a chance, to lead this team in receiving the rest of the way. Um, Kadarius Toney is being mentioned in potential trade talks, who he still has exactly zero receiving yards on the air. Kenny Galladay's got an MCL sprain. Wandale Robinson might not be what you view as a traditional number one receiver, but I remember Greg Cosell saying, don't be surprised if he becomes a more of a, a, a volume target than you might expect given his size. I am buying Lawndale Robinson, and I think he is a viable flex this week against the Jacksonville Jaguars.
0: The Jaguars, what's going on with them offensively? They got like a three-headed monster at running back now, Joe?
1: Oh, uh, well, I don't know how much of it is the the three-headed Monster. Jamichael Hasty busted off a 61 yard touchdown run. I don't think I've ever seen anything like this. The Jaguars had three long touchdown runs this year one for James, two for James Robinson, and one for Jamichael Hasty. Guys were untouched. Like it just, I mean, they were like anybody scores kind of touchdowns. And Travis Etienne can't find his way into the end zone, but. You know, James Robinson, if he's not scoring, he's not getting it done for fantasy. He's like the RB61 over the last um, over the last three weeks. Um, he's actually scored fewer points than Hasty because of Hasty's long touchdown run. Um, Christian Kirk looked like a league winner. Well, he was the wide receiver 46 three weeks ago, the wide receiver 107 two weeks ago, and the wide receiver 35 last week. So he finally got back in the end zone. Trevor Lawrence... Um, The the play's been up and down. I think there's – it's probably better than the public perception is, but it's still not great. And the Jaguars are using that run game quite a bit. They're struggling in the red zone, though. Um, ETN looks incredible. The problem is Doug Peterson mixing in all these backs makes it hard for us from a fantasy perspective, but really Christian Kirk's a wide receiver three. I think ETN, you've got to play. He looks so explosive. Now the Jaguars are favored in this game, which suggests that James Robinson could get more work. Um, You said you were surprised the Jags are favored in this game. I still think it's the markets thinking the Jaguars are better than their, their losses the last number of weeks. And I just don't know if the books and the markets are buying this giant's voodoo magic. And We'll see if that plays out. This is a team that seemingly is having all the breaks go right for it in the Giants on the field, and a team that is seemingly having all the breaks go poorly for them in the Jaguars on the field. We'll see if those things even out here on Sunday uh, in this matchup.
0: The Colts are at the Titans. Titans coming off a bye. Colts kind of got their offense going a little bit, Joe. Michael Pittman. Yeah, I'm not sure how
1: great the offensive line was, but it was certainly better. And the thing is, Matt Ryan got the ball out just so quickly. He played a brilliant game. I mean, he had some great he had some great throws. And, you know, the, I, I like the fact that Matt Ryan was kind of confirming my priors because I know I mentioned on this program in the offseason that in 13 of his 14 seasons, he had a wide receiver one in fantasy points per game. Boy, does he find a guy and does he feed him. Michael Pittman, what, 17 targets in that game? He caught 13 passes. Michael, He just got to start the guy every week. Now, a couple of things that we got to mention, of course, the backfield. Um, Jonathan Taylor, I, I was somewhat surprised he was inactive in that game. Deion Jackson came in and did an amazing job. Amazing job. Uh, but he picked up a quad injury in that game. So I don't know um, if, uh, if, if he'll... Uh, be able to play this week, so hopefully Jonathan Taylor can be back here against the Titans. Um, I'm still not buying the Colts' offensive line, but I thought they were a whole lot better. A player that I love for the Colts, though freaking Paris Campbell, of course, is out here after everybody dropped him, and rightfully so, scoring touchdowns. But Alec Pierce, that rookie wide receiver out of Cincinnati. How about Frank Reich showing the trust in the rookie, dialing up that play on fourth down? a shot yeah. play to Alec Pierce, and he pays off by making a great catch for the touchdown, that's a guy that it, that should be rostered in fantasy leagues right now because if the Colts' offensive line can protect Ryan the way it did, it's I don't think it's going to be good, but the way it did last week against the Jaguars, man, Alec Pierce is going to have some opportunities to score some points.
0: What about the Titans? Who's scoring points for them? Henry? <laughs>
1: Derrick Henry. There you go. <laughs> um Traylon Burks still on IR. Robert Woods is like a wide receiver three kind of guy. Um wide receiver four kind of guy. I mean that that's it, Ross. I mean, Derek Henry and if you are dying. At running back, Dontrell Hilliard's been getting passing down snaps for, for Tennessee, but I am talking low, 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 low end on, on that regard. I'm interested to see what their offense looks like coming out of the bye, though, uh, the Tennessee Titans. But it's Derrick Henry a bust for me. I mean that I I I can't even tell you the last time I got a question about a Titans not named Derrick Henry. Maybe Tannehill <laughs> is like a streaming quarterback, um, but you know, uh, not with these weapons.
0: Game time map is where I'm at. That's my must start. How about this? We're about to talk Packers, Commanders, Joe. You can get in there $49. Not bad, man. See the Packers play $49. You can even Friday night, see the Bulls and the Wizards for $23. I'm like obsessed with this thing now and just putting in different cities that are close to me or where I'll be and seeing what tickets they have in the area. Because... A lot of times it surprises you. It's the fastest growing ticketing app because it guarantees the lowest price on tickets to all your favorite sports, concerts, and shows. You can even view the seat in the app in less than 30 seconds. Crazy. Create an account. Redeem code FEAST for $20 off your first purchase on the GameTime app. Again, the key is you use the code FEAST. That way you get $20 off your first purchase. So actually... You could go to Packers against Commanders for $29. Terms apply. Download game time. Last-minute tickets. Lowest price guarantee. It's a no-brainer to have that app on your phone. Packers are a mess, Joe. They play the Commanders, who have a new quarterback. Interesting thing to talk about here.
1: Yeah, so let's go to the Commanders first and foremost. Um, Now, I know there is a lot of Commanders fans. Like, Heineke's got, like, that play style that, like, I think convinces fans that he's better than he is because he can come out there and, you know, run around and he'll take a shot. and uh, But let, let, let's call it like it is. Heineke's adjusted net yards per attempt last year, which basically factors in everything that matters for a quarterback. Yards, touchdowns, completion percentage, interceptions, sacks. Um, was fifth worst among starting quarterbacks last year. Only Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Sam Darnold, and Trevor Lawrence were worse. So you had three rookies and Sam Darnold. Heineke was 35th of 37 in on-target throws last year, okay? And he throws a ton of hospital balls. Uh, I'm not really excited about Taylor Heineke, but here's the thing I'm wondering. Let's just say the Commanders are 2-4. and They're buried in the NFC East. Let's just say they stay afloat with Heineke. Let's say... They with, with Carson Wentz injured, they go two and two. And like, hey, you know, four and six. Heineke's keeping us a full. Do they put Wentz back in the lineup? I think what's more likely is Heineke goes like one and three, one and four. And then they're three and seven, three and eight. Why don't you just go to Sam Howell? See what you got there. Is 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 it over for Wentz? And that that's kind of the question that I have with the commanders. Um the one thing I do want to know is uh, note that Brian Robinson took over the backfield all the before the tragedy this summer, all the talk about Brian Robinson, they wanting him to be the lead back over Antonio Gibson. It's true. Brian Robinson handled 71% of the running back carries. Um, Antonio Gibson snaps were 64% in week one. They were down all the way to 26%. They have decreased in every game. He's flat out droppable uh, Antonio Gibson at this point. Um, you know, maybe Taylor Heineke, uh, Gives them a little bit of juice, it, it, running around and making plays. Jahan Dotson's hurt. I, I'm not too sure about it for the Commanders. I I know Commanders fans are excited to see him. I'm not really sure how much this appreciably changes their team.
0: Anything else about this game we need to discuss, Joe?
1: Well, I mean, obviously the Green Bay Packers. What here is? Let me go on a little rant here, Ross. And I I want your opinion because you actually played in the league, and I'm just throwing stuff out and throwing it against the wall to see what sticks. I think sometimes coaches outsmart themselves with running back rotations. Oh, yeah. I think, like, oh, I have Aaron Jones, but I have A.J. Dillon. Well, I got to get them both going. And Aaron Jones, to me, is the best player on offense for the Green Bay Packers, not named Aaron Rodgers, and maybe including Aaron Rodgers with the way Rodgers has been playing. But A.J. Dillon, you know, I saw Peter Bukowski, who covers the Packers. He said it looked like he's running in cement out there, but they're constantly feeding him. Like, what do you think? Like, it almost feels like when a team like the Patriots, um, who we'll obviously discuss on tomorrow's podcast, they've been forced to use Ramondre Stevenson as a bell cow, and it's worked. Like, what if the Packers were forced to use Aaron Aaron Jones as a bell cow? It feels like their offense would be better and more consistent than it is now. I don't I don't know what your opinion is on that. They won him to next? last
0: all year. That's yeah. what, really what it really comes down to. You also they don't need think to win he can hold games. up as a bell cow all year.
1: Yeah, but at some point you need to win football games. So that's my that's my uh, point. i want to check the status of Sammy Watkins. He is close to returning. I think he was running routes in pregame warm-ups. Um, and I wonder if they'll just kind of try to infuse some of that veteran veteranosity into the lineup to see if it can get something going. The problem is, if they want to decrease the role of Romeo Dobbs, they don't really have much of a choice because Randall Cobb suffered what looks to be a high ankle sprain. So this Packers offense, one step forward, two steps back, the offensive line could not keep the Jets away from Aaron Rodgers. I still think the Packers are going to get this thing figured out on some level. But with a total of 41.5 against Heineke, this, this could be a pretty ugly game.
0: Eight games down, six more to go on part two of the show that's so nice. We do it twice. I know you already subscribed. Hopefully you did. Check him out at FG underscore Dolan. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL, and we're giving away free stuff to people that quote tweet at Ross Tucker pod. Time for dessert here on the Fantasy Feast podcast.